Let's go! Welcome to another episode of the Let's Go Hockey Podcast. I am your co-host, Danny Heath of Project Hockey, and with me as usual is... Pete Cammon, Elevated Hockey. I'm uh, I'm happy to be here, Danny. We haven't recorded for a little bit, but we're getting back into action. This is a good thing, and I'm fired up to get this episode going. So what do you, what do you think? Take it from here. I'm excited. I think... Uh... I think we had a really we had a really cool interview today, which you're going to jump on here in a second. But the cool part um, about getting back in the saddle is that we've got some we've got some big things coming down the pipeline uh, and some some bigger interviews. And so excited now that uh, it's the off season and we obviously have more time to record and and spread the word and and try to leave this game better than we found it. But I want to give the the listeners a sneak peek into what we got going on today. Yeah. So this is a, this is an interesting interview. This is, this is a, we had, we had a chance to connect with EJ Johnston and this is a little bit different than most of our interviews. Cause most of our interviews are with, um, you know, coaches, junior coaches, college coaches, pro coaches, or like, you know, pro NHL players. EJ is a little different in that he works in the business of hockey and now he grew up in the rinks. His dad is a famous NHL, former NHL goalie, famous coach, uh, legendary GM, you know, he was with Pittsburgh for a long time and, and in Chicago. And, um, you know, so EJ is no stranger to the rinks and, and he, he grew up in the NHL scene, but, you know, he, he carved out a path. He grew up playing hockey, but he carved out a path away from hockey and his love for the game brought him back into the game. And, and we talk about that, you know, I, I kind of dive into that with him. So he's, I, I like this interview a lot because it, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than what we normally talk about. And, the exciting part for this is that, you know, EJ is a super bright guy with, with some wild ideas that are, are coming to fruition. And he's got a track record in the past of, of building something cool out of nothing. Like, I love it when guys can create something out of nothing. And, and he does that. And he's created something here, which is really exciting to me. I, I'm excited to watch this. It's called Three Ice. And it's a professional three-on-three league going on in the summers, like during the, the off-seasons of hockey. And now, it, it's it's basically taking what what they call the best part of hockey. Like they're taking the excitement and the electricity of, of three on three overtime. And that's going to be the whole game. So they're tweaking some of the rules. It's going to be fast paced. It's going to be creative electric hockey. And the guys playing in it are all like guys coming out of NCAA D one programs, NCAA D three programs, maybe one or two guys coming out of the NHL. Like there's a lot of NHL veterans involved. The guys coming out of the KHL guys coming out of European pro leagues. Um, you know, this is no, like no joke hockey coming in. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see what they come and they get, they come to, they, they're basically putting on like a showcase event where all these teams come in, they play their, a, a one day tournament with an, a winning team at the end with a cash prize. So these guys are playing legit hockey and, um, and oh yeah, the coaches are all NHL hall of famers. Like let me pull up the list of those names. I can't remember all of them off the, you know, Guy Carboneau, Grant Fear, LeClaire, Mullen, Murphy, Brian Trottier, like legends of our game are involved in this thing and, and are, are the coaches for this three-on-three summer league. And I think it's going to be really exciting. And they've got contracts with, we talk about this in the interview, they've got contracts with TSN in Canada, they've got contracts with CBS Sports and ESPN. And so I think, you know, this is going to scratch that summer hockey itch for a lot of people in that you're going to be able to sit on the golf course or after, you know, Danny's going to go shoot his, his 18 and, you know, crack a soda and, and start watching some three and three hockey. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's really cool what they're doing and I'm excited to, to check it out. Cash prize. Any, any idea on how much the cash prize is? Do you have an idea? I don't know. No. I, 
I think it's pretty big though. Like, you know, I've talked to, like, we were just talking before this, I talked to a couple of guys that are involved with this from a player standpoint and like, they're treating the players well, right? Like they're treating them right. Where to the point where some of these guys are like giving up other, other opportunities that they usually do in the off season uh, because they're excited for the, the, the concept of the league. They're excited to play and, and there's real money involved, which translates to these guys are like, it's a legit thing. Like, they're they're legit competing like they're it's not just like a a summer fun league like they're they're playing for some real real cash and i think that's going to build into the excitement of it so i think i'm excited to see this three ice come come to fruition and and become a real thing because um i think i think if you're a real true hockey fan like this is going to be a really really uh like kind of cool thing that happens in the summer and i i foresee this being a a pretty big hit of that and i believe Hockey players are the most competitive human beings in the planet. Um, maybe that's because I'm around them more, but either way, they're they're super competitive. And and if you tell them, hey, battle it out here in this arena, and then the winner gets you know some cash, and you're going to get treated well, it's gonna it's not going to be like a pickup game. And so I'm excited to to check that out. And some of the names on the list, like you said, are going to be fun. So I'm uh, I'm ready to dive in this interview. What do you think, Coach? I say, uh, I say, let's dive in. Let's let's let her rip, and and I'm excited uh, to have people listen to uh, something a little different than we normally do. But it's it's a really, I think it's a really cool thing. So I say, let's go, let's go. This interview was brought to you by our friends at HockeyWolf.com. If you love the game of hockey or just know someone who does, you need to visit HockeyWolf.com today. Hockey Wolf has physical locations in Montana and Washington State. But if you aren't lucky enough to live near one of their stores, you can always visit their website and place an order at any time. They have everything you need from skates and sticks to shower slips and hoodies. And for all of you coaches and organizational leaders out there, listen up because Hockey Wolf provides some of the best team sales services in all of North America. So if your team needs new helmets, maybe some gloves, boxes of tape, even some warm up suits and training gear, Hockey Wolf has you covered. So like we always say, go support Hockey Wolf because they support us. That's H-O-C-K-E-Y-W-O-L-F.com. And hey, for all of you lacrosse players out there, make sure you visit lacrossewolf.com too. All right, let's go to the interview. As a son of a former NHL goalie, coach, GM, and hockey legend, today's guest is no stranger to growing up in the ranks. His background outside of hockey spans a career in the film, television, and entertainment industry, as well as involvement in global sports, entertainment, and talent management industry as well. He's currently the CEO and driving force behind the new professional 3v3 ice hockey league coming this summer, known as 3ICE. EJ Johnston, welcome to Let's Go Hockey Podcast. How's it going today? Good, Pete. It's great to be here. Thanks for the time. Hey, my pleasure. I'm, uh, you know, you and I have, uh, we connected a while back. We kind of went back and forth. So I'm actually, I'm, I'm pumped to get this, uh, you know, connect here today. And I'm excited for the listeners to, that, that are, they're going to tune into this podcast to learn more about you. Cause I think you have a really interesting hockey background. So I'm excited to learn more about it and dive into it a little bit. And then I'm also very, uh, excited to share three ice. Cause I think it, I'm, I'm, I know the league that, that you're, you're, you're driving forward that's coming this summer. You know, I remember when you guys first announced it before COVID. So I'm excited to learn more about it and and really see it take the ice this summer. So, with that, why don't we dive into it? So, how like give me a little bit of your your background? Like, how did you first get hooked on hockey? How did you first kind of become a hockey guy? Yeah, I was literally born into it. Um, in the incubator on day one, my father being uh, Ed Johnston, um, sometimes going by EJ, but I was dubbed EJ Junior. Um, so. <laughs> 
literally from day one. Um, grew up in the game. It was a really special way to grow up, being around winners like Phil Esposito, Johnny Pye McKenzie, Jerry Cheevers, Bobby Orr, uh, who happens to be my godfather. Um, and, and of course, my father growing up in that house, um, being around guys that are dedicated to something that are singular of purpose, that are excellent in something um, was a real treat for me. And I just love the game. So I started playing probably right around five, six, seven. I remember we lived in Chicago when my dad was coaching the Blackhawks. There was no uh, ice hockey program nearby. So my mother put me in beef getting, which I hated. I was terrible, uh, very slow, got lapped, um, but with the hockey pretty quickly, really enjoyed it. Um, probably played till about eighth grade, 13, 14, but then got other interests, um, really got into golf, really got into soccer. Soccer is probably my first love from a sports standpoint. Um, but just being around those guys. And then, of course, as my father moved into coaching uh, here in Pittsburgh in 1979, being around, you know, a Norris Trophy winner like Randy Carlisle or, and I was a goalie guy, you know, Michelle Dion and Greg Millen and, you know, Mike Bullard and Rick Kehoe and, and all those guys. And eventually Mario and Yager, just a really special way to grow up. So I got hooked on the hockey quickly. It's kind of in the blood. It's kind of in the DNA. Uh, I spent a lot of time in other industries, but I was a tourist in fashion or photography or in media. Um, well, enjoyed those spaces, but hockey's kind of my passion. I watch a ton of it, high school, college, pro. Um, I, I enjoy it. My poor fiance is, uh, I should say wife now, uh, has taken to the game. She's a Brit and she's taken to the game. So thankfully for her, she, she also likes it. And the, uh, the playoffs oh, nice. going on now is great. That's awesome. I love it. Well, you, uh, you just casually drop in there. Bobby Orr is your godfather. Not everybody can say that. That's I didn't I didn't find that in the uh, in, in the pre uh, the pre episode notes. But that is awesome. Like I've got it's not up here. You can't see behind me. I've got I've got you know the goal framed oh, and autographed terrific. in my, my 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 room back there. So but Iconic. you know my next question I had for you was about you know did you only play hockey? Did you play other sports? You kind of answered that. Um, so I'm going to switch this on you. So I grew up in Chicago also. Um, north of the city there. And I was like the opposite of you. I played hockey and my mom hated hockey. Like she always thought my brothers and I were going to get hurt. And every year at tryouts, she would bribe us with something like a trip or whatever to take up speed skating instead of hockey. And it never, <laughs> it never, thankfully for me, uh, I never took that, that bribe. And so I, I was always forced into speed skating, but never actually put them on. It was awful. Awful. I, well, I, maybe if you're Dutch, you like it, but for me, it was just absolutely terrible sticking your feet in those weird skates, cramping the toes. And I was slow, you know, as my father likes to say, he's like, you're not slow. You just run too long in the same spot. I, I was slow. Um, I never really got fast until I was in my twenties and thirties. So, um, just not for me. Not, yeah. Well, you, coming back to hockey is, uh, is probably the right move then. I, that sounds like a good one, <laughs> but so let's, so you mentioned, um, and this, this kind of piqued my interest a little bit. So you, you mentioned your time in, 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 in the entertainment industry and in film and in TV and, 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 and photography. I kind of want, like, can you walk us through your career? So like outside of hockey, like you're done playing, you're making a living, walk me through a little bit, your, your career. And then I want to kind of touch on like, at what point did you start melding those two, like your love of hockey and your career outside of hockey? Yeah, I, I think the overarching note is it's all been uh, a prelude to this moment. It's all been very helpful. Um, so I graduated from Penn State with an economics degree, went up to Boston and worked for really big ad agencies. So I got classically trained in marketing, uh, you know, the four P's and all that good stuff, but making commercials, print, TV, web, all that good stuff. Really enjoyed that. Um, 
then you know realized I wanted to make more money and thought I was probably talented in, in the sales side of the equation. So Fox Sports was starting up their regional competitors to ESPN. Bally's has just purchased them, um, but it was Fox Sports Net New England and Pittsburgh and California. There's 22 of them across the country, and I worked for the one out of Boston. Really enjoyed that. Sold to ad agencies, but that was a, a germane, um, relevant. There was a lot of overlap uh, in that skill set. And then went from there um, down to uh, New York City. Um, really enjoyed that environment. Want to challenge myself in the biggest marketplace in the world from a media standpoint and was hired by IMG. And, um, you know, it's funny. I interviewed with them for about a year and there was no, no real openings at the time. And then all of a sudden, job in the fashion division opened up. The guy said, come on in. I want you to take a look at it. What do you think? And uh, the way I kind of closed the job in the interview was like, okay, I get it. You know, you're inside a, a fashion show, a runway fashion show. And I say to the guy, all right, the runway is the ice. The models are the players. The coaches are the designers. The fans are called fashionistas. The arena is called the tent in Bryant Park or the runway. Uh, I get it. And media is media. So I can do this. And he goes, all right, you got the job. <laughs> and uh, from there, it was kind of just using sports analogies all the time to build that business. We took it from you know, not a great place financially to a really, really uh, excellent place financially. And then um, one of my sponsors, Getty Images, hired me away. I built out an entertainment division for those guys. They're a photography, uh, the number one player in the photography space. So if you're reading a newspaper on a website, they've probably taken that photograph. Um, built out an entertainment division for those guys. Made all the fashion weeks around the world, my partners. Um, figured out efficiencies and ways to monetize that. Operations, marketing, content creation. Um, and then after about three and a half, four years there, I launched my first business. So with all the relationships that I had, Pete, in the fashion space, I basically built a model that is almost exactly what Formula One is. But instead of auto races around the world, it was fashion weeks. So I had about 34 fashion weeks, most of them are twice a year. Uh, and I consulted them. I helped them find efficiencies. I helped them sell local sponsorships, but I had their global sponsorship rights. And more importantly, I had their media rights. So I wrote a whole bunch of television shows using that world as my story world, Sports Center for Fashion, Shark Tank for Fashion, um, you know, Ultimate Fighter for Fashion. Went out to Hollywood and NBC bought uh, one of my first shows. Um, it was a big, shiny floor production um, and it was called uh, Fashion Star. So like Shark Tank, instead of sharks and entrepreneurs, Axe Macy's and H&M and fashion designers. And they would pitch their businesses, if you will, their fashion lines, and they'd buy them and we'd sell them. So all of that was kind of a, a precursor to what I'm doing today. And, and the light bulb moment for me that kind of coalesced it and brought it all together was being a hockey fan. I'm still going to hockey games and my father working for the Pittsburgh Penguins. I've got the ability to go and sit inside and watch rookie camps. And I did the devil's camp. I did the penguins camp. I'm sitting there with the GM at the time, the assistant GM, Jimmy Rutherford, Billy Guerin, the head scout, Craig Patrick, my father. And I'm kind of picking at these guys as the rookie camp's going on. They're finishing their three-on-three tournament. And the crowd is going wild. It's a packed house at the practice facility, probably two, 3,000 people in the building. And uh, they're ooing and aahing at these unknown players. And I'm, I'm picking at Billy. What are, you, what are you looking for? And it's creativity, speed, skill, nifty mittens, risk-taking, rapport, all these great adjectives. And I said, there's a business here. The three-on-three model was about a year old. I started writing the business model. It took about a year. And uh, I realized I had something and bounced it off my father, bounced it off my friends at different sports leagues and networks and agents and Bobby Orr and Brian Trottier and all these people sort of chimed in on it. And um, it was great. And I knew I had something special. So after one year of sort of poking holes in it, 
that was the moment I put my foot on the gas and, and started building three ice in earnest. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, you know, we've had, we've been fortunate to have a lot of uh, hockey guys on, on this episode over the last two years or so and uh, on this podcast. And I can't say too many of them talked about their experience in the fashion industry and how that like primed them to create a new league. So, I mean, that's what like, I'm talking about, like, I always think of myself, like I'm, I'm a super passionate hockey guy and, and I love coaching and I love, I used to play, but the business of hockey has always been so fascinating to me. And like people that follow their passions and, you know, and there's more to the game than just being a professional player, right? Like every kid wants to be an NHL player, but not every kid gets to be that way, but every kid can follow their passion and stay involved with the game in some way, shape or form. And I think you're a perfect example of that and talking about your career path and how it's always led back to hockey is I don't, it just connects and resonates with me. And I love, I love that you're like diving in and making this happen based on, you know, taking all these skill sets outside of the game and bringing them back in to share that love and passion of the game with other kids and, and fans. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's that for me, that's a big reason why I was excited to have you on, but it's a big reason I'm excited for three ice this summer. So why don't we jump right into, into the league? Give me, you know, let's, let's talk, like it's, it's called three ice. It's a three on three pro league, but let's take it from there. T- tell me a little bit about how, how you first got this thing going. Like you had the idea and you just said you poked holes in it for about a year. How did it start actually taking shape? And then, and let's talk about the nuts and bolts. Like what is this, what is this new league? Like what, what should people expect about it? Yeah. So the, like any idea, uh, any project, the idea is the most important part, but it's only about 1% of the work, maybe, maybe half percent of the work. Um, you have to have an excellent idea. You have to have an excellent target. And we believe that the three on three overtime format is the best part of hockey. That's our tagline. So we said, let's build a league around that. And there's some really good examples around the planet of what I call more snackable versions of the big brother sport. Um, Formula E is the formula one, a quicker electronic version of that. Uh, to me, the best example is, uh, the Indian premier league. They took the four or five day cricket game and condensed it down to just over two hours. A good call, a good friend of mine, a colleague at IMG, kind of Mr. India, uh, helped launch that in India about 15 years ago. Um, that thing is now worth $15 billion. You know, we talk about the valuations of sports franchises here in the States. They just sold its first, the next two um, franchises over there in the Indian Premier League for $1.7 billion total. So roughly $800 million and change. It is a juggernaut. They've got a, a league in Sri Lanka, Australia, South Africa, more coming online. The XFL is a great example. Big Three is a great example. But unlike some of those, um, I think the IPL is a better version of cricket. I think we're a better version of the game. I love the five-on-five game. I'll always pay attention to it. I'm a Penguin fan, all that good stuff. But three on three is electric. I mean, it is hair on fire hockey. So we're overtime all the time. So that was our core. Let's build the business around that excellent idea. And for us, we're a six team league. We use a touring model where all six of our teams tour around North America. We've got two stops in Canada, eight stops, excuse me, seven stops in the United States. All six of the teams show up. We play a bracket style tournament. And because our games are two eight minute halves of running clock, the whole evening takes place over the course of three hours. So we play an opening round of three games. The three winners uh, advance to the semifinals, plus the loser that scored the most goals in the opening round becomes that fourth team in the semifinals. Those four teams play. Then you have a championship game. We do that for eight straight weeks. And then based on a point system, a little bit like Formula One, uh, the top four teams will advance to the ninth week and play our championships for the Patrick Cup, named after Craig Patrick and his family. So we play semifinals, a consolation game, and a championship game. So we've got 52 games over the course of our entire 
nine-week season. Uh, it takes place over 10 weeks, but we've got nine tour stops. And it's electric. Um, we've got some rule changes in here, Pete, that make the game even faster. We're playing the puck off the netting above the plexiglass. If it comes back in clean, we're playing that. We don't go back to the center dot for face-offs after goal scored. The ref takes it out, puts it on the top of the center uh, of the crease. Goalie touches it, and we go. We're not doing four-on-three power plays. We're going straight to a penalty shot and a jailbreak-style uh, version of that. Everybody else lines up behind him on the blue line. And he touches the puck and we go and it's live. If he scores, dead ball. But if he doesn't, then the puck is live and we are playing it. just like a soccer penalty shot. So we've got some really fun interactive uh, or, or innovations, I should say. And then, um, you know, the fans can kind of touch the game in the sense that uh, they'll vote for the three stars of the night. They'll help pick the seating in the championship round. Um, and it's you know, obviously a better's paradise for that. But uh, it's just fast. And the youth sports, you know, kind of uh, woven into that as well. They do a lot of three and three and, and the jailbreak really comes from uh, youth hockey. And we think it's great with, with grown men coming at full speed. Uh, we think it's an electric version. It looks, it just looks great on television. That's awesome. Yeah. You better be, better be fast. If you get a breakaway, it's uh, better be fast. You better be fit. You, you don't want to get fast. caught from behind and stripped when you're about to, <laughs> about to get a penalty shot. That'll be a little that'll be embarrassing. That'll be a tough one to swallow there for sure. Um, well, I love it. So that, that actually, one of my questions was like, okay, so, you guys started rolling this out kind of pre-COVID. I remember hearing some rumblings about three ice and and it was very early. And then, you know, obviously the the tour, the 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 program was delayed because of, of COVID, just like everything else. So, you know, what did did the rollout or the plans for the league change in that time period? I mean, you just you just hit on a ton of like differences from like the NHL game. Like how sure. what's what's making three ice separate? Did that did that uh did that idea or the formation of the league change or, or like mature over the last two years as you had, you kind of sat yeah, on the idea for two more years? I would say there's been some small refinements for sure, but I'd say two years ago, we probably looked about 96, 97% like we do today. Uh, I would say we've morphed from that first light bulb moment that I had four years ago. It was about 85 to 90% baked. And then we refined it over the, the next year or so with a lot of really smart people um, chiming in. But um, I, I would say we're essentially what we were going to be pre-lockdown. Um, we just had to pump the brakes for all the obvious reasons that we know about. Uh, lockdowns just um, allowed us to uh, take the time that I think we needed on a few things. And, you know, there's some very unfortunate elements about uh, that from a business owner standpoint, let alone how, how it affected society and all that good stuff. But the, the opportunity to refine uh, was great. Um, but we're about 95, 96, 97% of what we were years ago. We just had to delay. And uh, now, we're, now it's here. It is uh, an exciting time. And uh, June 18th, we dropped the puck in Vegas. And uh, yeah, fans can go on and start buying tickets and all that good stuff. Starting with a bang in Vegas. I love it. So, so I, I, so I've been following along with this for a while. And, sure. and like I said, from the beginning and, and, and you guys, you announced some of the, the, the coaches and I know you just had tryouts and did a draft and, and you've got some, you know, it's a, a mix of players with different backgrounds. So let's touch on the coaches first. Cause I know there's a lot of star power. There's a lot of hockey legends in that coaching staff. Like tell, tell the listeners a little bit about, about these teams and, and who's heading up each team in, in sure. this league. So I think it starts first with our commissioner, Craig Patrick, my father and I were sitting around talking about who could be the commissioner of this. And we had a list of one and it was Craig. Uh, and he, he immediately got it. And uh, we started building our list uh, of coaches. And Grant Fear was the first uh, one that I reached out to. I heard through the grapevine. 
that he wanted to get into coaching. And I reached out to him. He was uh, kind of a, a hero of mine. I was a goalie guy. I literally would draw pictures of the man and, and put them on my wall um, <laughs> along with a few other goalies. And I told him that it's a little, little embarrassing to share that, but I, I share that with him in Vegas. Um, <laughs> so we had um, Grant, Brian Trottier, Larry Murphy, John LeClaire, Guy Carboneau, and Joe Mullen, um, all Hall of Famers, a couple of Americans in there, a couple of Canadians, a couple of newly minted Americans. You know, I think Grant is technically an American now, um, but uh, six Hall of Famers and couldn't be more pleased. I mean, they're all just A plus big names. So if you're of a certain age, that's real star power. If you're, you know, a younger kid, 12 to 16 years old, uh, you might not know those names, but you, you know that they're legends. Uh, your father or your mother might be able to share a little bit of background on them. But I think where we'll get uh, the younger audience is the speed of the game and our players. Our average age, I think, is somewhere around 27 or 28. We thought we'd be around 29. We're actually a little younger. Um, but, yeah, we've got these coaches that are building the teams. And they're, we're naming them after the team, after the coaches. So Team Carbono, Team Fuhrer, Carbono is red, Brian Trottier is blue, uh, Grant Fuhrer is white, Joey Mullen is yellow, uh, Murphy's green, and LeClaire is black. Um, and they built their team, six skaters. Plus a goalie. We had a great tryouts in camp uh, in Vegas just a few weeks ago. Um, we had about 55, 60 players there. We built these six teams, each with six skaters and a goalie. And then we've got a taxi squad, a seventh team that we can dip into in case of injury or life circumstances, uh, poor play, poor attitude. You know, just like in real life, yeah. you know, guys can get sent down or called up. And uh, we expect a lot of the guys from the taxi squad to get in for a whole host of reasons. Unfortunately, yeah. we had a couple of injuries at tryouts. Guys are thankfully fine. Um, but we know that uh, the game and the speed of it uh, will need to actually uh, rotate some guys in to, uh, to take care of injuries and things like that. So uh, we're excited. The coaches are great. They've been fantastic. Uh, you can go into gettyimages.com and, and see some of our imagery there. But we've pushed a lot of it out on social. You can see them all uh, doing their thing for the draft. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, you know, it. I think, you know, the the, the guys you have involved with the, with the league are by name alone are exciting. And I know that the, like the experience that they're going to bring into it is going to be really fun. And, and the part that, that I was like, kind of, I was watching really closely because you, know, you think of like LeClaire and Fuhrer and, and Mullen and those guys, there's like, for me, those are all the guys that were playing when I was a kid, you know, like yeah. those are guys I looked up to. And so I'm excited to see those guys back in the game and, 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 you know, see them in, involved in a new, a new format. But the, the part that was interesting to me was that um, I guess I didn't expect this was that, like you guys didn't just announce teams. Like you did a tryout, you did drafts and, and some of the guys that I actually like, cause I did a little research on some of the names of guys who were trying out, like some of the guys that I expected to be picked up in the draft weren't like guys who were like former NHL guys. Sure. So talk to me a little bit about, cause I know there's a couple names in that list that some people will recognize if they go and look through the, the rosters and, and, and some that they won't, but where, so where are these, these players coming from? Where are the backgrounds coming from? Like, and, and I think when, when, maybe when you walk through this, like it'll be a little eye-opening to like, I think the level of talent that's going to be in the, the league is going to be surprise some people, right? Like there's a lot of legit hockey guys, like oh, yeah. all, well, all of them, not, oh, not yeah, some yeah, of them, yeah. like yeah. all of them, like they're, they're legit hockey guys. You go look up where they played and you're like, whoa, this guy's, why is he not playing in the NHL right now? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's so one, we had three player profiles. So it's, uh, it's a great question. I love answering this question because it's so, there's so many layers to it. We had three player profiles that we went after uh, the ex NHLer that still fit and, and can play the uh, North American that's overseas playing in Europe that wants to probably come back home and either extend his career or try and really impress. Cause we're going to be on 185 countries across all of our television networks to go back to Europe 
uh, after our season and improve their lot there. And then the young guns that we call uh, coming out of college. So these guys are the youth sports system in Canada and the NCA system here in the States. And um, we've got every league on the planet uh, represented, the KHL, the NCAAs, German League, Swiss League, Swedish, you name it. Um, and these guys are basically Ferraris on the ice that aren't really built for the five-on-five -five game. I like to say we're a different game played with the same rules. So you've got a body type that is really conducive to the open ice, co-passing, crack meat, hair on fire hockey. That's not the game uh, that, you know, the big six foot two, six foot three, 225 pound defenseman or the guy that goes in front of the net. I love Patrick Hornquist. Patrick Hornquist sets up or are Simmons. They set up in front of the net. They take that abuse and they figure out ways to tip and chip and just bang in greasy goals. That's a beautiful art form in the five on five game. That's not what our game is. You're zipping up and down the ice. You're not dumping and chasing. So we need those water bugs. So these guys are world-class talent for that skill set. They're not necessarily the big bodies that are going to knock you over and smash you. You know, a Ryan Riley with his 215 pound frame probably doesn't do real well in our game. He's an incredible hockey player in the five on five format. So guys like Cam Brown or Skylar McKenzie or uh, Pete Lennis, AKA Swaggy P um, or Pavel Barber. Um, you know, these kinds of fancy, dangly, tic-tac-toe kind of players that's what we're looking for. Hitting is um, not allowed in our game. We, we call it rubbing is racing, but you can't line a guy up. This is really track meet hockey. And so these players are going to impress for the skill set that we've built, the platform that we built. There's no better showcase for the creativity, the tipsy doodles, the, the you know, the, what Zegris does, um, you know, the Zoros and the, uh, the Michigans and the that is our game and that's what's going to bring people in. So if you're not a hockey fan per se, and you get dragged to one of our events, you start watching it on CBS or TSN or RDS, wherever we are, you might go, wait a second. I just saw something that I didn't think was possible on the ice. These guys are doing that. They're tripping it to themselves, tapping it out of the air, putting it through their legs. It is electric. I, I, the biggest takeaway from our tryouts is that this game is faster and better than what we thought. And we knew we had something that was an A, A plus. It's even better than that. So guys from all over the planet, every skill set, our average age will probably be somewhere around 27 or 28. Uh, about a third of our league has NHL experience. Uh, about 90% has professional hockey experience. And then we've got a few of those guys coming out of the college system that really impressed Um She's uh, Sean Doogie. Uh, there's some guys from you know, AS, ASU that came to our tryouts that were just absolutely incredible. Nick Lalonde from Robert Morris. Uh, they had their college program canceled here in Pittsburgh yeah. and they surprised us and, and they were just, they're built for our game. It's great. I love it. Yeah. That's, I did some research on the players that, that as they're getting announced and you know, which team they're going to be on. And, and I was like, man, th there's going to be a lot of highlight goals. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, an, Un, like I won't be able to comprehend, comprehend how many actual highlight girls it probably will be, but like, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Barbara, you mentioned like Swaggy P. I mean, he's kind of like the hot thing on social media right now. Like the moves yes. he does are ridiculous. And it's not just that he's good at making moves. He's a legit hockey guy. I mean, he played yeah. pro for a long time. He played D one at Vermont and, you know, I've spoken with him a few times. He's a good guy. And, and but the things he can do with a stick and the skates are unbelievable. And yeah. A buddy of mine, like John Shivo, is on the taxi yep. squad. He's a, and like the like he's like a magician with a stick. And so like you know, and he's currently playing pro hockey. And so like like having these guys on the ice, I'm excited to see what happens because it's going to be like you said. I, I anticipate it being pretty electric. So I'm excited to see, uh, see these guys back it in is. action. 
It so, is. So what, what, if you could distill it down to like one piece, what do you think you're most excited about this league and what it brings to the hockey space? That's different from the traditional game. Oh, wow. Um, it's a tough one. I know <laughs> it's probably yeah, a lot. Um, I, I'll, let me put my fan hat on rather than a business owner hat. Cause the business answer is a little different. Um, opening up the game, bringing more people into it as a fan. Um, we've distilled it down into the pure skill, pure speed side of the game. I, I love hitting. I even enjoy fighting in hockey. I think it's got its place. And, and I love the, 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 the stick work that Sidney Crosby is doing behind the net, the pivoting, the shielding, the one-handed stuff. I absolutely love it. That's great stuff. But what this is, is open ice, tic-tac-toe passing, track meet hockey, the risk-taking. You know, it's not a golden goal situation where in the three-on-three now, if you make a mistake, it ends up in the back of your net, the game's over, and your coach is probably giving you grief. We're incentivizing these players to be the most interesting, the most expressive and creative version of themselves out there. So from a fan's perspective, it's super fast, super creative, and surprising. You're going to see stuff out there like the Michigans and those kinds of moves on a regular basis. So from a fan's perspective, I think that's what we've distilled this game down into, the, the purest form of speed and creativity on the ice. And we come at you game after game after game. So we've got six games per tour stop. The whole evening takes place. I think our timing right now is about three hours and one minute. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty condensed game. I think a baseball game is three hours and 15 minutes. A football game is a little over three hours. A hockey game is about 245. So we are in a, a perfect sweet spot just to deliver game after game, exciting play after exciting play for you. And eventually we'll get this thing going where you can interact with it in a lot of different ways. Not just betting, but for the younger fans out there, picking the seating and voting on whether the, the instant replay was a goal or not, picking the three stars <laughs> of the night, picking the goal of the night. Uh, that's a big thing we're doing now. There's cash on the line, like UFC with knockout of the night. We're doing the same thing for goal of the night. So we've incentivized goal scoring and creativity in the most possible literal sense, uh, monetarily speaking. From a fan's perspective, it's fast and it's creative, and you're getting a lot of hockey in, the, in a single evening. I love it. I mean, you touched on a few things there that I like. Cause like, you know, away from the podcast, you know, I I'm a hockey coach and I do a lot with USA hockey and, and, and I'm pretty much immersed in the youth hockey, the world of youth hockey, right. That's sure. most, that's most of the space that I work in, in the, in the game of hockey. And, you know, the one thing that we always talk about in, in USA hockey and, and, and in these things is like, you know, getting away from the dump and chase type of play and it's, it's puck possession and it's making a play and, and, you know, the two things you touched on, the speed and the creativity are what is driving the game at all levels right now. But mm-hmm. in, you're seeing it, you know, there's always a, a trickle down from you see something at the highest levels and then a, within a couple of years, it's, it's kind of normalcy at the youth hockey levels. And I think the, one of the biggest things now um, with the USA hockey initiatives of shrinking the ice and, and playing to small area games is that you're seeing these players at a youth level coming up with a level of creativity that like you or I didn't see when we were growing up playing. Right. right? And, and I think that that's going to be put on display because the players you're talking about the average age of 27, 28, like those guys grew up in the very beginning phases of this, like nurturing, create uh, like creativity. Right. Cause like when I was, you know, like I played defense and like co- I was an offensive defenseman and coaches hated it when I would like make moves. Sure. Right. But like now that's, as a coach, like I want an offensive defenseman because that's the player that's jumping into the play and making, making things happen. So you see these guys in the NHL level making these 
you know, the Michigan and, and Zegers plays and these things. And all of a sudden, you know, within a month, you're seeing highlights in these youth tournaments at like the P- squirt Pee Wee Bantam level where the kids are doing these same things that like a year ago, nobody had even thought about. And so yes. I, I've, my brain goes into, okay, like USA Hockey's doing these driving forces to drive speed and creativity. The game at the highest level is getting faster and more creative puck possession based versus a dump and chase, dump and retrieve ch- like ideology. So how is three ice where it's like, basically you're just honing in on creativity and speed. Like, is that going to accelerate in the youth levels? Like they're going to see so many new things. Is it going to accelerate this kind of creativity? I I don't know the answer to that, but I'm excited to see what might, like I could see how this, this league could like push youth hockey a little in a, in a, in a, in a good direction. Yeah, so I agree with you. So I'm I'm obviously biased, but I think we're going to change the landscape of hockey uh, in a very significant way. Um, But you know, as you're listening to you speak, it's almost a little bit like when Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile. It was impossible mentally. It was like that's crazy. It'll never happen. Once he did it, you know, now you have high school kids breaking the four minute mile regularly, every several times a year. Um, Now you're seeing the kinds of plays that, you know, look, Sidney Crosby batting pucks out of the air a couple of years ago. He did a few times in one season, Zegras, the guys that are on the social media and getting highlighted. John Chiavo is a great example. Brendan Hawkins, another one of our players, these things zipping around the internet of just unbelievable moves that they're doing. Um, I remember Pavel Barber, uh, uh, excuse me, Pavel Bure kicking it to himself one time on a breakaway and then wrapping around the goalie on, on the fly. That stuff blew minds then. And now it's kind of, not quite on the regular, but but close. It's going to evolve. It's going to trickle down into the game. What's possible will become um, the norm uh, eventually. And, you know, there's some rules that we've innovated that we think the rest of the world will pick up on. For example, you cannot take the puck in our game into the offensive zone, leave the offensive zone, then cross the red line. Again, that'll be a half-court violation, just like it would be in basketball. That's a whistle, it's a turnover, and you move on. That's going to force you to be that puck possession, creativity, making good, smart hockey plays. You can't just waste time and go back around and and not be doing hockey. That's not really a hockey play to us. So that's a rule innovation that we think will take place. We love the jailbreak um, uh, penalty shot. You see it in some youth tournaments. I think it'll become ubiquitous after you see how well it works in our game. Um, but then quite literally, Pete, we're going to take uh, the version of what we're doing now, and we'll have three ice kids someday. So I know a lot of your audience is, you know, that 12 to 16 year old youth hockey player. We're going to be looking for the best 13 and 14 year olds at some point and do our version of the baseball little league world series, but for three on three hockey, and it'll be full sheet of ice and we'll have Canada teams, USA teams. And then eventually we'll have four brackets, Canada, USA, rest of world and Europe. And then we'll have a global tournament in one location in our Williamsport, if you will, and that'll be a big innovation. And so that's one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you is to, to talk that element up. And that's not three years away. That's probably one or two years away. And we're building that out now. We've got the right partners in place. We're going to crawl, jog, and sprint with this business. But that is one of the first expansions of this franchise that we'll be doing. Three Ice Europe is a very interesting opportunity for us. But we're really, really excited about that four or five day made for TV event. Three Ice Kids, we think it'll be absolutely fantastic. And we'll have a high-level production. Uh, just like you see on ESPN, we'll do the exact same thing for our product. And uh, we think that the, the innovations you see in that might trickle up to our game. 
So uh, we shall see. It might work in reverse. We're very yeah, excited you, about that. The creativity in the kids. I mean, I you know my elevated hockey camps. I mean, I'm excited. I I didn't know you guys were doing that. That's awesome. I think that. I mean, how how could people not get on board with that, right? Like I've sure. seen three, three on three tournaments are like you know our rink here in the summer. We do three on three leagues, and those are like the most fun parts for like you know I've got young boys of my own, and like that's what they look forward to. And that's right. You know, my my elevated hockey, my, big my kids too. By the way, all all of our players are the same thing. I can't. This is really what my game's for. So I know big kids say the same thing. Well, that's cool. I, I mean, I love it. And I, I you know, in my just a little insight of my my elevated hockey, my like hockey training business that I I do camps and clinics, you know, regionally and and internationally and things. But there's a big component of my training and my like training philosophy for young kids is that after they figure out a skill, they've got to learn how to put it into a game. And and we put it in a lot of it's whether it's in zone three on three or three on two or you know, small um, manipulated sizes to the ice, but a lot of it's cross ice three on three. Um, and, and I put rules in there and to your point where like, you're going to see kids becoming the innovators. Like also I've had kids do things that I never would have fathomed. Like I had, a, I put in a rule one time. This is just one little random instance. I put a rule in that, like we'd worked all day on, on one touch shooting. It was all one timers and, and catch and release, no stick handling. So I was like, every shot in this game has to be a catch and release shot. You can't stick handle. So you've got to shoot off of a pass. Mm-hmm. So the kids that are getting the breakaways, like they can't shoot. And so all of a sudden one kid starts banking it off the boards to himself to shoot because like, and I never, like all of a sudden he's just like, he slams it into the yellow bottom of the boards. It kicks like right in the kick plate. It kicks back to him so he can do a catch and release while he's on a breakaway. That and kid's probably like, an awesome math student, by the way. Whoever that kid <laughs> is, keep an eye on his SAT scores in five years. Yeah, it's funny. He's actually already been admitted to Yale, so I know okay, he. Okay, well there it is. <laughs> he's, it is. you know, at sixteen he was doing that, and at eighteen he's you know he's going to Ivy League next year. There but, it is. You know, not for hockey, but for for his smarts. But uh, um, but to that point, like as you said, that I think like these kids, the creativity of these kids now, like when they're set, they're told that it's okay to you know like it's okay to try new things. Like, Oh man, you're providing a platform with the kids version that could be pretty exciting to see what, what comes out of that. So, well, let me, let me start wrapping this up here. Cause I know, I mean, I could talk hockey with you all day, but we got, uh, you got, you got a league to run over there. So what about, you mentioned betting who, who are the, the key players to watch or maybe your early favorite team to win? Do you have one that stands out where you're like, Oh man, team, whatever is going to run away. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, um, uh, as a fan, if I put my fan hat on, I really don't know. So these teams did not play together at tryouts. But tryouts, we formed a bunch of different teams, but then they were drafted. So then it's been garbled up. So I haven't seen these guys play together. Uh, um, look, there's a handful of players I'm really excited about. Cam Brown, Skylar McKenzie, Aaron Barisha, Swaggy P. Um, there's some goaltenders. Um, Connor LeCouve, uh, just really impressed. Blake Wayrick really impressed. I mean, Blake kind of came out of nowhere and every coach was kind of head scratching in a good way about that guy. Um, so I'm excited about different players. I I'm indifferent as to which team wins quite honestly. Uh, I want great hockey. I want everyone to stay healthy, knock on wood. Um, but me, I, I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I'll be a fan as well. I'll be the business owner, but I'll also be the fan. Um, it's going to be electric, but from a betting standpoint, you know, we've got some great partners in place. Uh, Sport Radar is going to be um, doing all of our data collection and, and source integrity for all that good stuff. And we'll need some time to build. You, you simply need historical data uh, to enable that. So um, sports bettors like a DraftKings or a FanDuel can make, what do they say, make book uh, yeah. and start making the, the possible bets. 
you need a little bit of time to pass, um, but we'll eventually get there, possibly this year, certainly in our second year. Uh, and I think that'll be a lot of fun uh, for those that are of age and states that are allowed to do it, hopping on your phone, doing stuff before the game, during game, you know, penalty shot, is this guy going to score or not? Who's going to get the next goal? Uh, all that stuff will be, every moment will be a betting opportunity, theoretically, as the technology comes online more and more. Things that are not really within our control, but as the state opens things up, uh, as each state opens things up, and as the technology floods in, which is, which is just, it's mind-blowing. Um, some of the stuff that these people are inventing now, zero latency, near zero latency, which means you're watching a game on your TV screen and your buddy who's watching it in California are watching the exact same moment versus we've all gotten that phone call like, oh, what a great goal. And you're like, wait a sec, you're 37 seconds ahead of me, man. Don't say that while we're on the phone. You've just ruined it for me. Um, so that kind of stuff. Uh, it's going to be a great, great element to our game. Sports is really uh, taken uh, to it like a fish to water, but uh, I'm excited for that part of our business. Um, but yeah, as a fan, it's a long-winded answer. You know, I'm sorry I can drone on, Pete, about hockey. As a fan, I can't wait to see who wins, uh, who's getting the top four spots. And we got $2.2 million in prize money, $1 million in change for the championships. So the team that wins this thing, those guys, to a man, will make $127,000 on that evening, plus whatever they make in our regular season. Yeah. So for a 10-week stretch, nine Saturdays, uh, somebody's going to make $160,000, $170,000 in our league. That is real money. When you put that in perspective with salaries in other leagues, um, it's it's very impactful. It's meaningful and, and career-changing. Uh, we think there's going to be guys that might take this uh, more seriously than some of the other leagues uh, in the planet as we grow. That prize money will grow as well. That's awesome. I love it. That's uh, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know those numbers. I mean, that is you're talking about these guys are like that's a big check for a guy who's you know plugging away in, in the minors. That's right. And that's uh, right. I mean, it's a it's that's a year's salary in a couple and, of weeks. You got to do that for six, seven, eight months a year to, to plug away at that for us. Monday through Friday, the players' time, they're practicing, they're working on their games, they show up and play on Saturdays, and then they just do that for eight straight Saturdays plus the championships. I love it. Well, we always end this these episodes with, with kind of two questions. The, the okay. and, and this is kind of a, a, one of our bigger things. You know, our audience is a lot of coaches, par- parents, and young aspiring hockey players. And so usually when we have like a coach or a, a former player on here, we ask about advice for players looking to reach higher levels. I want to twist that a little bit. And I'd love for you to give advice to the listener, whether it's a, a young young player or a, a fan uh, of any level. And, and what kind of advice would you uh, would you put out there to, to to the listener in regards to following their passion for their sport or their their advice of like you know outside of the three ice league, the culmination of all your experiences in life leading to the formation of this league is a perfect example of someone following their passion for the game and building their life around that. And so I'd love for you to give a little bit of advice for, for following that passion um, for the, the people that are listening. Yeah. Look, if I'm a young kid, so, you know, I read Bobby Orr's book uh, a few years back and he had a great piece of advice, which was play all sports and, and play it to enjoy, you know, make friends, um, you know, exercise, uh, learn how to be a good teammate, uh, learn to enjoy the game. So first and foremost, sports is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a, a pastime, a healthy way to, to build relationships and, and have fun. So from a, a kid's standpoint, that's, I think, the most important thing. Um, as you grow and as you realize that you've got a talent for this, 
Um, you know, if you're playing all sports, I grew up playing soccer, baseball, basketball, skiing, tennis, you, you name it. I played everything, hockey, um, play all sports. But a, as you get into hockey specifically and you realize you got a talent for it and it's something you enjoy, you know, dedicate yourself to getting excellent at something, um, whether that's hockey or something else in life. Um, the marketplace will reward you for that. Um, and, and you will enjoy the game more if you really dedicate yourself to becoming excellent. You know, you hear about Sidney Crosby, the greatest player in the world for probably 15 years out of the 16 years he's played. And he takes the summer to work on something he's not good at. Face-off, corner work, whatever it might be, one-timers. Um, if you can dedicate yourself to getting excellent at something, I think that will be a very valuable lesson. Um, I took martial arts and martial arts is a practice and hockey can be the exact same thing. Every day you go in and work on some other bit of your skill set. And as a coach, you can see this clear as day, you know, work on your one timers, work on your one touch passing, work on your crossovers, work on your pivots, you know, work on your dump and chase, whatever it is try and become excellent at it. And then your enjoyment will, will flourish. And if it doesn't take you anywhere, that's fine. My hockey didn't take me anywhere. Uh, as we talked about at the top of the call, there's a lot of entry points into the game. You know, with fashion, it's an easy one. You can be a model, you can be a designer, you can be a photographer, you can be an event operator that puts on the fashion weeks. You can be someone that is ancillary connected to that. Same thing in hockey. You can be a player, you can be a coach, you can be a general manager, you can be an agent, you can be a, a person that starts a league. Um, so if you're passionate about something, follow your passions, get skilled up. Uh, and as you move into adulthood, there's plenty of career paths in the game uh, to really touch the game and, and make great livings and shape lives and really change lives. Um, that's one of the great things about sports. You know, that's every day working with kids, seeing them moving up the learning curves, seeing their joy, seeing best friend relationships start. Um, that's, a, that's a very important role in the game. The, the youth hockey coach is the um, the teacher and, and continuer of the tradition, right? Otherwise, these kids wouldn't get into it. Otherwise, they wouldn't learn how to play the game. Um, they have a very important role. And, uh, you know, you grow the game as much as anybody. I'm kind of up, up here, but you guys are in the grassroots level, and there's a lot more of you. And um, it's nice to see. Um, so, so keep doing it. And I guess that's my long-winded advice to I think certain ages and as you move into adulthood. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I mean, I always, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I always say like everything, you know, if I can pinpoint the top best pieces of my life, whether it's family or work opportunities or best friends, they all go back to hockey in one way, shape or form. And this was before I started making a living in hockey, right? Mm -hmm. They all came from the game. And, and now that I'm older, I, I realize that there's a lot of ways to stay involved in the game more than like when you're in, entrenched as a player, you, you have one kind of path of like, I want to be a pro player. I just want to play. And there's so many more opportunities to stay involved with the game if that's what you really love. So I love hearing that advice from people that stay involved with the game beyond just being a player. Well, I can tell you, I, I play roller hockey now. And as an adult, I've made 10 to 15 very close friends of the last 20 years playing roller hockey. And so the game can keep giving back to you as well. Um, you hear a lot about that in golf. You can play golf until you're 60, 70. My father's 86 still shoots his age in golf, still gets, you know, a regular game on Wednesdays in the summertime, the game can give a lot back to you. Um, and as long as you're fit and take care of your body and your mind, you know, I'm 48 and I have a lot of buddies that, uh, a lot of tight, close friendships that I've built from my thirties on because of the game. And so it's, it's, it can give back to you in a lot of different ways, as long as you enjoy it, keep pursuing it. And, uh, and yeah, it'll, it'll have a lot of benefits to you. 
Agree wholeheartedly. Last question for you. Three ice. Where can people learn more about it and where can uh, people watch and uh, be part yeah. of the, the excitement this summer? So tickets are available on freeice.com. Uh, we have a touring model, as I said. So we start in Vegas. We finish in Vegas. Um, we're coming to your town, most likely or nearby. We go from Denver to, I think, uh, Grand Rapids, Hershey, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, Nashville, London, Ontario, Quebec City, and back to Vegas. And then on television, uh, we'll be on CBS Sports Network here in the States and CBS proper for our championships, big CBS, if you will. And then in Canada, we're on TSN and RDS and uh, in both English and French language. And then around the world, another 183 countries on ESPN International. So we're already the second biggest hockey league on the planet from a TV footprint standpoint. (laughs) We're very proud of. And so you can watch us on TV or you can get to us. We're probably within a two hour drive, about 50 to 60% of the country. So um, try and get it, check us out and freeice.com is where you can get uh, tickets and merchandise and all that fun stuff. I love it. That's great. I, I, I'm blown away by the, uh, the TV coverage. That is like, that's a media guy starting a, starting a league. I love it. There it is. You're getting this out to the people. I you know wherever they are, they can, they can join in on the action. So I, I think that's fantastic. So, well, EJ, I appreciate your time coming on here. Um, it's been a blast learning about your background and learning more about three ice. I'm, I'm even more excited now about the league than I was before. And, and I was, you know, I'm a insane hockey nut and I'm pretty excited about anything new and exciting in the game of hockey and three ice is that it's new and exciting. And, and I'm excited to see it take, take shape here this summer. So thank you for your time, EJ. I really appreciate coming on and, uh, it was great connecting with you. Pete. Thank you. I enjoyed it. EJ Johnson, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great talk. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to join us. And, um, you know, I, Danny, I wish you were able to come into the interview. You know, it was obviously just, just EJ and I talking, but uh, I think you would have really enjoyed it as well. But, you know, let me, let me, I know you had a chance to listen to it and, and get some takeaways. What, why don't we jump right into the third star here? And I'll let you take away the third star after, after listening to the conversation that EJ and I had. What do you think? Where's your third star, Danny? My my third star, and, and again, thanks for coming on, EJ. It was it was awesome to to listen and make sure you go check these guys out at uh, Three Ice Hockey on Instagram. They already got a big following on there, so it's cool to see that things are are taking off a little bit there. But um, the whole idea for the my third star, the whole the whole thing is is the whole idea, right? Where they're they're taking good hockey players. I mean, there's guys that I know that are decent and good hockey players and they, they didn't make the the big show. And so whenever you, you do that and you put guys into a competitive environment, it's going to be fun to watch. And so the, the concept of it being one day, the concept of it, having all these interactions that you can do during the game, it's, it's going to be phenomenal. And it's, uh, it's something that I'm looking forward to. So third star is just the, the whole idea, but Again, bummed I couldn't make it. Glad I can check it out here in the future. What do you got for uh, stars two and one, coach? Second star. I'm going to go with uh, EJ's ability of just following his passion. I mean, I think that's that's a, a common theme we've, we've kind of weaved through a lot of our episodes, but it's following the passion for the game and where the game takes you. And, you know, he's he's a EJ is a guy that, that grew up in rinks, grew up playing. He grew up in the NHL like scene and, and kind of broke away from that got into film and television and fashion and, and business. And ultimately his love for the game drew him back in. And that's kind of where, you know, I think the game is infectious that way. And that you're, you're following your passion for the game and making a career 
within the game of hockey is it, there's a lot of different avenues to do that. If that's what you're really passionate about. And I think he's a good example of that. Like he's going in a non-traditional path, making a living in the game and he's bringing something to life that he created this new three ice, this professional three on three summer league, which I think is going to be awesome. So I think that's a big takeaway for me is just, you don't have to be an NHL player to make a living in hockey. You don't have to be an NHL coach to make a living in hockey. Like there's so many other different avenues and paths. And EJ is an example of a very creative, um, different path. And he's creating that path on his own based on his passion for the game. So I love it. He's following his passion. First star of the night. I'm going to go back to this part of this interview that we talked about kind of the foundation for this three on three league and you know, what makes three on three overtime in the NHL so exciting. And it's that there's, there's the open ice, more room and more creativity. And I think that our, our, game today is more creative and skillful than it's ever been. And I think three ice is going to really magnify that. I mean, we talked, we talked a little bit in the interview about like Zegris, right. And doing things that nobody's ever seen before, because he's just a creative kid. That's, you know, trying things out without the fear of failure. And, and I think that, you know, there's a trickle down effect where guys try things in the NHL, you know, like the Michigan now, like you got like 10 year olds pulling off Michigans in games, right. We're like five years ago, that was unheard of. And things happen in the NHL, the creativity is off the charts. And then all of a sudden there's a trickle down to where the youth game is getting more and more creative. And I think that's a really good positive thing. And I think that this new three on three pro league three ice is going to help magnify that because these guys are going to be pulling off moves that we've probably never seen before. There's going to be a level of creativity and like craziness that you just don't see in a regular game and elements of that game are going to trickle down into our youth game where a kid's going to see some crazy move that one of these guys does, you know, swaggy P is going to do something ridiculous and then kids are going to see it. It's going to be all over social media. They're going to yep. try it in the summers and all of a sudden you're going to see kids start doing it. And ultimately it just builds our games level of skill and creativity to a higher level. So I think that that's a huge takeaway. Um, and, you know, and EJ himself, he's a creative guy. Like he's creating something out of nothing that hasn't existed before. You know, there's been a template in some of the other sports that we talked about, but, you know, he's a creative guy. And I think that that, that creativity is going to be my, my number one takeaway. He's found a creative career path and he's found a, a way to highlight the creativity in our, and skill in our game. And I think it's going to take, you know, drive um, some new, some new elements into the, the youth game that we haven't seen. So I'm excited to see what happens, what comes out of it. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be one of those things where there's going to be haters, right? Like, oh, you could never do that in a real game until Trevor Zegers does it, right? Or, oh, that's not – I mean, the other day we had like a three-on-three thing at our rink here in Minnesota, and this kid went and did the Michigan, and like he was a squirt. I'm like, dang, like kids are – and it was like a legit picked up the puck, scored a goal in a, in a three-on-three game, and, you know, it's 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 only going to be a matter of time till it goes from 5% of people that can do that kind of stuff to, to 20 to 40 to 80. And then, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be different it's going to be exciting to watch and whatever gets more eyes on our game is, is a good thing. And so in a positive way, obviously, and I'm excited. So excited. Thanks for the interview and looking forward to, to many more interviews with, you know, staff members or coaches or players from this, this group. And, looking forward to the future and looking forward to check out some three ice. So let's go. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on it. I think it's going to be a good thing. So I'm excited. So that's all I got for you. Danny. Good to, good to record with you. Vinny. Good to see you. I say, let's go. Let's do it again sometime. Let's go. Let's go.